0: Hey everyone, Roy here, and you are tuning in to the Balanced Male Podcast Series. Now this is episode one, the first ever in what I hope will be many, many more episodes. This episode is titled The Origin Story. This is the origin of how I got to this place on this day, this dreary Saturday, in Virginia Beach, talking into a $30 microphone I got on Amazon.com and while plumbers are hammering away on the upstairs of my house. Now in this episode, I will cover all the hows and the whys and the wheres. How I got here. Why I felt the need to do a podcast. What's my story? Why do I feel the need to share my story? And to start, I have to go back to basically talking about nutrition. And I know that's weird to think. How does nutrition play into this? Well, I was seeing this nutritionist here in Virginia Beach called Katie Abbott. She's a great, great nutritionist here. And and when you meet with her, you have to do something that she titles the circle of life. And in this, she tells you about how in your life you have your primary foods and you have your secondary foods. Now, your primary foods are all those things that basically feed your soul stuff like creativity finances career joy social life all those things and then your secondary foods are you know the food you eat that you put inside your stomach and on your first meeting she makes you fill out this circle of life and basically what you do is you have to place a dot on these lines in this wheel And these lines have titles. There's creativity, spirituality, joy, social life, relationships. And the closer you are to the center, the more dissatisfied you are with this area. And the closer you are to the out of it, the outside of the circle, the more satisfied you are. And so you put these dots and then you connect the dots. And and hopefully, if you're you're lucky, you will create a wheel. Now... (laughs) When I did it, and I placed all these dots on here. It doesn't look like a wheel at all. It looks like a sort of starfish that maybe a two-year-old drew. And I laughed, staring at it. And she was saying, when she was looking at me, she was like, why are you laughing? And I was saying how it's really funny one, that the shape that it is, but it's also where the dots are. And so she made me keep talking, and why i felt that and, and there was this one dot with creativity and it was really close to the center and and i was laughing because there was that i knew that this was an area of my life that i was really wanting more satisfaction in and i wasn't surprised that the dot was placed almost to the bottom of the of the circle And so she, you know, she, we talked through it and, you know, went through and what we come up, came up with was that for me to, to fill my soul, I was needing to come be more creative. And so instead of talking about diet plans and, and, you know, what kind of food I was going to eat, she gave me this task of two hours a week of doing something creative. It had to be whatever I wanted it to be. And so as I did this and did this and did this, it just, all I could start doing was I just started writing down my story, writing down my ideas, writing down my life, what I've gone through, what I've seen, what I've experienced. And, and so at the end of our time, um, months later, she said, so what do you think? And I was like, well, I think that I need to share my story with people. And then she said, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I think I'm going to do a podcast. I think I love podcasts. I love hearing people's stories. I love the format of podcasts that you can just talk into a microphone, put it out there for people, tell your story and connect. And she was like, that's a great idea. But then I was telling her how I just didn't feel like, who am I to share the story? Who am I to do this? And then she stopped me and she said, well, who are you not to? And then I was like, fuck, you're right. Who am I not to do this? I have the idea. Why not do it? So I did it. I got started writing. I started formatting it. I started thinking about it. I I went on Amazon and bought a microphone and plugged it into my computer. And here we are. Now I'm talking to all of you. And so, but then I was thinking, what would I title it? And this word these two words balance and male came up and you might ask why why balanced male That's just a word that just you know it just seems very i don't know hey look at me maybe a little narcissistic like i have all the answers which uh, you're gonna find out i probably don't or maybe i have a few of the answers but anyway i digress But this word balance has stuck with me and it started from a conversation with uh, my wife and me and uh, our friends rachel and carrie um on the beach one day and we were we were just kind of talking about you know marriage and relationships and, and just kind of the roles we we take and stuff like that and and you know i was telling her how I've always felt that in my wife and I's relationship, I'm the creamy estrogen center. (laughs) And everyone started laughing. And and we were like, well, well," she said, what do you mean by that? And and I basically was saying how, you know, if there's one thing in our relationship that I'm pretty sure of is I'm probably going to be the first one to cry. And I'm going to be the one that's going to have the conversations of, you know, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. And, you know, and, and that I've always been like that. And then I was telling her how, you know, it's, I always end up, you know, hanging out with girls and talking with them and being okay with all of that. And, and I'm not worried to be in a room full of women, you know, I'm, by the way, I'm an elementary school teacher. So I'm surrounded by women all day. And it's, it's always been something that I'm okay to To talk about my feelings and my emotions and sharing that and that i've always felt very effeminate in that way and she said she stopped me and she said you know you're not it's not a you're not effeminate you're balanced and i was like what do you mean balance and she went on to tell me about how you know we all have the masculine energy in us and the feminine energy in us and the masculine is like the need to fight the need to attack those type of things, the fixing, those things. And then the feminine energy is the emotions, the the crying, um, the nurturing, the needs to hug, those type of things. And she said, you know, it seems like what you are is you're just very balanced. And, and then I started to think, well, wow, balance sounds a lot cooler than effeminate or metrosexual. And I like that. And I like that name and I like that I'm balanced. and and so then from there I started thinking about, well, well, why am I balanced and how have I gotten here? And so to tell that story, it kind of starts with my family. Now you know I, I have a mom and a dad and a couple of brothers and you know we have a pretty decent childhood. but but really, to talk about my family, I think I, I always kind of look at it as like my parents had the roles reversed in a sense you know my dad comes from a very big artistic background he has his master's in music education he grew up singing in choirs playing the bassoon being in plays and musicals and went to college for that and he's in operas and he's a very classically trained singer and and then my mom you know grew up one she played basketball and then Two, she grew up on a farm. And on that farm, she would break horses. And if you don't know what that is, breaking horses is where you take a wild horse and you basically ride it until you've broken its spirits. You domesticate that horse. And I don't know if you ever watched that, but even saying that sounds pretty crazy. I mean, she was told me story after story about being thrown into fences being kicked off, landing square on her back and the pain and all of that. And so, you know, when she told me that, you know, that's a pretty tough wild lady that my mom is. And so, you know, you have these two people and, you know, when you're growing up, you expect to see your dad as this, you know, he's the guy with, you know, the big, I don't know, I think of a a woodsman with the flannel shirt and the the axe, and he's going to hunt down the wolf. But then, when I grew up, that's what I, th- who I thought was gonna do that was my mom, and then, I, rem- I have always have this image in my head of, of I think I was maybe nine or ten, and I, w- I walked into the kitchen and <laughs> I see my dad baking. Oh, by the way, my dad is an amazing, amazing baker. He makes this banana nut bread that that I, man, oh my gosh, I've never tasted anything like his bread anywhere else. But anyway, I walk into the kitchen. My dad's wearing an apron. He's, it's the typical like flower on his apron, on his face. He's baking and singing a song. And then I go outside and I look and my mom is essentially, she's mending the fence to our backyard. And (laughs) I remember staring and just being like, Hmm, there's something about this that doesn't make sense. But it's all I know so whatever and then I just went on to play and went about my day here I have this image in my head of of what moms and dads are or could be and it's not the typical image but I didn't know that and so The more i thought about that i thought that's pretty powerful to see and then you know i started to think more and more about my emotions and and i see that i remembered that you know the first person that i ever saw cry was my dad and when i saw him cry once again like seeing the roles that i was talking about with my parents at a young age i saw him cry at a young age And so I think those two things right there are very important. One seeing that and two the age because, you know, we start to develop our thoughts, our feelings, our ideas of what the world can be at a young age, and and I see that every day. You know, I'm an elementary school teacher, like I said, and you know, I work with nine year olds and, and you know, it's they start to think about what the world can be. By what they see happen and what they experience and so that was pretty powerful i didn't know it at the time because honestly i saw once he started crying it was after he had he had spanked me because i'd probably done something that's stupid or or attacked my brother i don't know but i you know i got spanked and i'm not saying that it was right or wrong that I got spanked, I don't know, I, I was a little asshole kid and probably deserved it, but anyway, so I got spanked, and then all of a sudden I look at my dad's crying, and like, really crying, like, hard, and not like, you know, you see the Grand Canyon, and it's beautiful, and you tear up, like, he was really sad, and, you know, he was kind of holding on to me, and I could tell that he didn't like he wasn't, he was, didn't want to do what he just did. And he felt that he had to, and it hurt him to hurt me. And, you know, I really just wanted to, to get out of there. Cause I'd just been spanked and this is, you know, my dad and crying and the spanking is weird. I don't know. I just wanted to run away, but, but I had never forgot it. And so what that kind of told me was that. It's okay to cry. And so that was something that I kind of carried with me. And then, you know, I, I saw that, that, you know, that, that men can cry and that it's okay. And, and you know, men can, can be bakers and men can have emotions and, and men can do this. And so that's what I saw as a kid, in my, you know, with my family. And so, you know, that must have meant that it was okay. But what happened was, you know, as a kid, you don't stay at your house all the time. You know, you leave and you go and you experience the world. And and as I left the house and and lived my life and went over to friends' houses and and, went to school and, you know, watched movies and all of these things, what I saw, what I began to see that... Was that my family, my life, my dad, we were the minority in that. I never saw any other man cry. I never saw any man bake. I never saw any man cook. I would go over to friends' houses and it was the the mom that was cooking. And the dad was outside. The dad was the one fixing the cars. The dad was the one playing sports with us. The dad was... Was not in the kitchen. The dad was mending the fence, and so that was really shocking to me as a kid because, you know, I began to question these things. I mean, my dad didn't do that. My dad, you know, when when other dads were teaching their kids, you know, sports and and things like that, you know, my dad would sit me and my brothers down and make us watch the sound of music and then we would he would tell us why this is one of the most important stories of a generation and and i would watch him sing the songs and and dance around and and stuff like that and and it was just it was always so shocking to see these things but but what i did instead of thinking that you know it was cool and it was great what i started to begin to think was that We were wrong. Something was wrong with us. Something was wrong with my dad. Something was wrong with my mom. And so that meant something was wrong with me. And I labeled myself, my family, my life, everything is wrong. And I spent the rest of my life trying to be something else because of that label and that was the hardest thing because there were all of these things that i wanted to do all of these ways i wanted to interact and wanted to be but if it didn't fit into this mold of what i saw out in life and in the world then then I wouldn't do it. And I was essentially going against myself. And I was my story, my life, all of it was wrong. And, you know, I, I started to question who I was. And, and, you know, you start to, once you open the door to saying things like you're wrong or you don't belong or this isn't right, then you start to question. And, and that just opens the floodgates. And and I did everything I could to not express myself. I, I, I love musicals. I love music. I love these all of these other things that that would be quote unquote labeled as as feminine or girly or or not cool and I just would suppress that. I didn't I wanted to and I essentially tried to be what these other men were. And that's that's why labels are so powerful. When you label something, it's easy to label it, and it's hard to let go of that label. And, and, you know, then I started to question all sorts of things. I started to question my manhood, question my sexuality, question all of that. Because, you know, what, what I saw in the images of those days, you know, in the 90s when I was a kid growing up, was, you know, the people who liked musicals and drama and those stuff were, were all gay effeminate men and they were the ones that were getting picked on and they were the ones that were getting they were the outcasts and that was not something I wanted to do you know I picked when I was thinking about when I was in middle school and wanting to to be in the band I wanted to pick the instrument that was the cool instrument the manly instrument so I played the saxophone and I questioned every single thing and I, I lived this life that was not lining up with who I wanted to be. And so here I am, 38 years later, trying to let go of a label that I did when I was a kid. And that story... That story that's my story was a story that I didn't like to talk about. It was a story that I felt was wrong. And I didn't want to own that story. And so, but what that story did, or what that story that I created did, was it made me feel alone. And then as I got through, became more of an adult and one in the nineties, you get through the nineties, I started to realize that all of those things that I was saying, it's not that it wasn't right, but you know, it's okay. And then I started to meet guys that, that thought and acted the way that I did and started to tell me things and that. What you like and what you do and and the music you listen to and the clothes you wear that doesn't have anything to do with with your masculinity and really your sexuality it's just what you like and and that those type of things are just surfacey things and and you know you're you're not being true to who you are and and basically what it was 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 my story was being told by other people and my story was being told by other authors and so this was in the last few years and and so basically what i've been trying to do is understand that 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 i'm the author of my story and that i'm the one that should be telling my story and i'm the one that should be owning my story and so that's what this podcast is all about is me owning my story telling my story and and hopefully you know a little bit of healing for myself and who else listens to this podcast and 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 what i hope that that i can portray or put out there is that this story is not just about it's okay to cry but this what this is is, is i think it's deeper than that i think it's more about honoring who i am and honoring who we are and that the story that we have is doesn't have to be the wrong one. It's our story. And if it's your story, and that's what you're doing, then then it's not wrong. It's your being yourself. And that I've learned to, that it's about trusting that story. And so that we can be the authors of our stories. And and so as I've gotten older and moved away and, and lived my life, I've started to notice that more and more men have the same story that I have. More and more men have this idea and this belief that these things like the music we listen to, the clothes we wear, the feelings that we feel mean that we're wrong or that we have to push it down, not talk about it, not deal with it, and not be who we are. And that's been pretty powerful for me. And I feel like more and more of us need to own that. We need to own our feelings, own our emotions. Not label it as wrong or or feminine or girly, but label them as our feelings. And talk about our feelings and talk about our emotions. Because the more I stuffed it down, the more I tried to not the more and more I tried to go against who I really was, the more and more I saw sadness and depression in my life. And, and I just felt terrible and wasn't happy and not the, there was no joy in my life. And, and the more and more I've been okay with these things, the more and more I've opened up to these and, and the freer I felt. And my hope is that we can do that. and i want to share my voice and i want to share my story and i want to connect and i want to help and i want to heal and i want to reframe the conversation it was so powerful for my friend to tell me to take that word feminine and reframe it as balanced and that gave me power that gave me the it opened the door For me to have these conversations with myself and to be okay with having these conversations. And to get to the point where I'm sitting here in a chair on a microphone recording this to share to whoever wants to listen. And that's such a cool thing. And and reframing and taking away those labels and chipping away at that is going... To be one, what I need and what I hope everyone else might need. And so that's my story. And that's why I feel the need to start this and why I feel the need to say these things. Because who am I not to say these things? And who are you not to feel these things? And who are you to not say these things? And there's power in us sharing our stories, and there's power in us being vulnerable, and there's power in us connecting. And like I said before, the connecting shows us we're not alone. And when we share our stories and connect, it shows that we can, we're not the only ones and we can develop a bigger sense of empathy. And so that's my hope with this podcast and with these, that I will share my story in, in hopes that you will listen and we can build and, and reframe the conversations. And so where do we go from here? And so the format that I've kind of come up with with this podcast is, you know, I will, you know, just share my ideas, share my thoughts, share my things I'm experiencing and seeing in this life probably once or twice a week. Who knows? But I also, what I also want to do with this podcast is what I like to call dad talks. Now, you know, I'm about to be a father. I'm about to embark on this journey of fatherhood in June. And I remember as I was realizing I'm going to be a dad, I had all these questions and all these thoughts and all these feelings. What kind of dad do I want to be? Where do I, how do I want to interact with my son? And and all of these things. And, and, you know, we have this archetype of what a dad should be. And and I don't want to be what I think I should be, I want to be myself, and, and, but I also wanted to to connect with dads, because, you know, as men and as dads, we don't talk, we don't share our feelings or emotions, and so I've developed what I hope is a cool list of questions that I want to interview dads, and so twice a month, I'm going to have a dad talk, and my first one will come up soon, And, and I'm just going to sort of talk with dads, and we're going to kind of hopefully develop what we think is the sense of of who dads can be and and what they are and just kind of dive into what that means and what it could be and we're going to do it together sharing some kind of delicious beverage because a lot of times as parents i'm noticing that parents they're the last ones to think about themselves and so when you, when you are doing something that you love or, or you're sharing something with someone that's delicious or something that you love, there's, there's kind of a cool, I don't know, like great feeling that comes from that. And it kind of might open people up more. And so we're going to do that. And so my hope is that you listen. My hope is that you tune in next time. My hope is that we can go on this journey together. And who knows what it's going to be. But thank you. If you've been listening this far, thank you for listening to my stream of consciousness rambling. And if you got something from it, if you felt like, hey, he's right, I feel these, th- these things, well, then keep tuning in, keep listening, and we'll see where it goes. All right, catch you next time.